Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. It's the night before the 1000 and the top 10 is locked in. Have one more sleep till the great race is upon us. It's probably one weekend you forget about the championship. Everyone remembers who won, who wins Bathurst, you know, so it's, it's huge for drivers, teams and, and the sponsors as well. They, they want to win Bathurst, so you pretty much put the championship on, on hold and go and do your best job this weekend. An amazing track, you know, it's an amazing event, you know, and... and just driving in here, I was saying to my engineer when we were driving in here this weekend, you know, just driving straight onto the track as, as you're arriving to Bathurst and, you know, the size of this track, you know, the, the length of the straights, you know, even even the, the length of the pit straight, which is the small one in comparison to the other two, is is, is probably almost as big as some of the, the shorter tracks that we go to. And so it, it's a it's, it's sort of just overawing when you, when you drive in here at the start of a weekend and it sort of sets the mood for the rest of the weekend. We preview the 1000 and catch up with a superstar, Randy Corners, tonight as the red lights go out of the night before the 1000. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. V8 Supercars announced on Friday that they would not be making the expected calendar announcements for 2011 until the Gold Coast. In a written statement, CEO Martin Whitaker said that the calendar was in the final stages and subject to some further discussions with the FIA. More speculation on Will Davison's future continued over Friday and Saturday, with the rumour mill saying that Davison signed papers with FPR on Friday. The Jim Beam Racing saga has continued. The team, in fact, issued a press release on Friday saying that there had been considerable speculation regarding Jim Beam Racing and a rumoured rift between co-owners Dick Johnson and Charlie Swarkholt. An agreement has been entered into for a change of ownership at DJR, the details of which are confidential and will be disclosed at the appropriate time. The team is completely focused on winning the Super Cheap Autos Bathurst 1000 and guiding James Courtney to a 2010 V8 Supercar Championship. Both Dick and Charlie are proud of the performance of the Jim Beam Racing, who, as a team, are fully committed to Jim Beam Racing. Now, the focus of the talk in pit lane is that Adrian Burgess and James Courtney will be walking away from the team at the end of the season. Dick Johnson was unavailable for comment to the V8 Insiders when we approached him. Oh, I don't know. It's for um, too busy concentrating on what I'm doing behind the wheel rather than worrying about what they're doing. I have enough trouble concentrating on what I do. So uh, I pay someone an obscene amount of money to make those decisions for me, so uh, that's his problem. With a seat now available at HRT, who would be a worthy driver is being asked by many. But at this time, no one has an answer on the record. 
Craig Lowndes and Mark Scaife have talked this weekend about the changes they are experiencing, with Lowndes returning to the mountain in a Holden and Scaife now in Triple Eight colours. Hands are sort of uh, um, have been mixed emotions, and this weekend really we haven't seen any negativity. I think it's uh, you know the fans are um, um, come here, they love it. This is probably the the most passionate race that fans come to, whether you're either blue or red. I've had so many people that were or have been HRT fans that have sort of converted across into Vodafone land, which is an interesting one. And uh, there's, there's guys there in HRT jackets that said, you know, at Phillip Island, it's the first time that I've had to go for the Vodafone guys because obviously coming out of Ford and going into Holden. So, you know, there's a, it's certainly a big change and there's a lot of fans that, uh, you know, are so tribal and they're so loyal that um, it's it's quite interesting to see the, see the difference. I mean, a lot of what's happened with Jamie and Craig is that even Ford people have come across to Holden for sure. Craig Lowndes in practice five on Friday. Foundley found the conditions this weekend good enough to beat Greg Murphy's Magic Bathurst slap, lowering the fastest V8 supercar lap by 0.0582 of a second to 2 minutes 6.8094. Oh, look, it's great. It's, uh, the car's been working really well all week, and uh, this is for the first time we've had a green set of tyre with you know, good clean air and, um, and, and no problems. So uh, you know, it really shows the potential of the car. And... Uh, but that's only practice. We've still got qualifying to come. On Friday, Jamie Winkup was adamant that the time of Murphy's could not be beaten in the current series configuration. We, we keep comparing times all the time, and although we haven't got the control, the control camshafts knocked us around three or four tenths, but the cars are physically bigger now, so they don't go down the straights as fast. For Jason Richards, his practice turned sour when he slammed the wall of Forest Elbow. Oh, look, I'm, I'm OK, obviously. I'm, I'm uh, devastated. But physically, uh, the groin took a bit of a hit from the lap belt, and uh, but you know, and obviously you're just going to have to put a bit of whiplash. It's amazing how fast you're going at that point in the, in the, at the track. It feels very slow for us, but effectively, it's probably still 100 k's directly into a wall. Jamie Winkup sliding into the side of the stationary car. Come over the top of the mountain. My engineer got on the radio to say that there's a car in at uh, the elbow. Just as I was braking, so I just uh, I, I I pictured what uh, what was going to happen. There's going to be a car on the outside, and broke as hard as I could. The more I broke, the wider I got, and unfortunately I couldn't avoid the uh, avoid the incident. There were no yellow flags, but uh, I think Jason was there for about eight seconds. Jamie Winkup was fined by the stewards four thousand dollars following the incident with Jason Richards. Two thousand of that being suspended. Qualifying saw Jason Bright at the top of the timesheet, with Bright, who was sitting in third place with only a few minutes to go, was coaxed back out on the track. My, my engineer, was Phil, was sort of a little bit worried that the track was getting better as the session went on and, uh, and you know, that, that we could eventually get bumped out of the top ten if, if, you know, if enough guys went quicker. But, you know, I didn't really think there was a lot more time in the car. That It was, um, you know, it was a pretty good lap before that, but, you know... Uh, we made another change to the car, and and, the, and maybe the track did improve a little bit, and uh, and you know we got a fair jump out of it. So very happy with you know with, with sort of seeing that sort of game at the end. You know, I, early in the session, you know I thought we were sort of a mid top ten you know pace. Um, the couple of changes we made have elevated us to you know. Craig Lowndes, the second quickest, paying credit to Mark Scaife on his work on race setup. Mark's been really focusing on the, the race craft and the race car, and uh, and really when I before I did that time at two uh, two minutes six, it uh, you know really Mark had stepped up the car quite a lot, and uh, you know felt it was an improvement. And I got in the car and I agreed, and so for both of us, we're reading the car the same, and it's uh, and it's, it's becoming a benefit for both of us. And uh, looking forward to tomorrow, getting the top ten out of the way, and then obviously looking really focused on. Uh, 
Sunday. Jamie Winkup was third quick in the session, but was not sure on what to do on Saturday. It's food or drink for me, I think. It's more commitment. I don't know what to do there. Maybe, you know, jump in the esky or something. I've just got to, as I say, my car's the same as Craig's. I've just got to drive it harder and hang it on the line and hopefully keep it off the wall. That's, yeah, that's all I'm going to work on. Did you actually answer that? <laughs> actually, so, Mon- Monster that... bring out a, a caffeine, <laughs> a coffee and Monster together, so I'll try that. <laughs> Fourth through tenth was Witterbottom, Holsworth, Courtney, Will Davison, Garth Tander, Greg Murphy and Paul Dumbrell. We'll take a break here on the night before the 1000. Plenty more news right after this. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Martin Whitaker, V8 Supercar CEO, is experiencing his first Bathurst weekend as part of the management team, and he is loving his time at the mountain. Bathurst is just a, an iconic event. I mean, I've always said that I see it as being one of the uh, top five motor races in the world, uh, and I'm, I genuinely mean that. I mean, I see things like um, Monaco Grand Prix, uh, Le Mans, uh, Indianapolis 500, maybe the Daytona 500, and certainly Bathurst as being those. It, it's right up there with the best. Uh, and in all honesty, you know, you've only got to arrive here. We were talking earlier, weren't we, and saying that you know you arrive here in, in Bathurst week, and that's exactly what it is. It's actually not just one race; it's a whole experience. Uh, and to see the people here is just fantastic. I mean, to see grandstands full, merchandise alley full, the paddock full of people, the campsites full. You know, forget we, we're absolutely, you know to the gunnels as far as the, the campsites are concerned it's, it's fantastic wonderful atmosphere and in a way it's a shame that we can't bottle Bathurst and sell it off to other people around the world because this is this is the sort of motor racing where you've got real passion uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of countries and a lot of race promoters and a lot of race organisers around the world who'd love to have a bit of this the top 10 shootout has seen Mark Winterbottom take the pole position for the race, with Craig Lowndes 0.08 of a second behind him. Jamie Winkup is in third, with Holsworth, Tander, Will Davison, James Courtney. The provisional pole sitter Jason Bright in eighth, Greg Murphy and Paul Dumbrell completing the top 10. Winterbottom spoke about the nervous wait in the pits to see if his lap time would stand. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad standing there. When you're in the car, you've got control, you can... You can do what you like. You're controlling your own situation. When you're watching someone else, um, you're crossing your fingers and, and uh, hoping. And um, yeah, it's quite a hard feeling because when you're not in control, it's you know, it's pretty frustrating. Lown said that his car setup came in a little too late on the lap. Um, sort of knew at that point where we, we sort of reason, we had good front or reasonable front, but just sort of struggled a little bit with rear and uh, made some bar adjustments. But uh, you know, I think our first sector was probably our weakest. I think, and then our, our middle sector across the top was okay. It wasn't uh, anything flash. And our last sector down through into the chase, the car started to come on song. So um, I said to Scape in the commentary, I'd like to do another lap because it, it just sort of balanced out at the wrong end of the lap. Um, so look, that was the goodest, uh, the best lap we could do at the time. And uh, you know, credit to Frosty and all his guys because uh, you know they're obviously uh, you know got got it right in the right conditions. And uh, you know, we'll see what tomorrow brings. And Wing Cup, who was talking about determination and commitment, said that he lied. Uh, no, I lied. Actually, I I was just going for a solid lap, and the car was good. 
and uh, got that in. No so more fluff. Contradicting myself now. Uh, no, 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 nothing really to report. Cars, cars are good. Um, clearly frosty and, and Lounsey hung on the line a bit harder and they, uh, they, they deserved pole. David Russell took the pole position in the Fujitsu Series qualifying on Friday morning. He was well out of the way of the trouble that was ensuing behind him. Drew Russell, getting spun going into Griffin's Bend, almost rolled the car after getting up onto its side. And teenager Scott McLaughlin, spinning into the wall at Reed Park, brought out the second safety car period. Later in the race, Tim Blanchard also tried to knock the wall down in Griffin's Bend. Dave Russell going on to win race one ahead of Steve Owen and Paul Morris. Russell turning around an incident at the top of the mountain on Thursday to winning on Friday. Bad day uh, in practice, you know, we had, a, had an incident with, a, with a, one of the sort of slower cars hit the, hit the wall and ricocheted back in front of us on a blind part of the circuit. So, yeah, not nice, but um, we recovered really well this morning, had a fantastic qualifying, put it on pole position and, um, yeah, to come away with the race win today uh, was, was fantastic. If you're at home, race two of the Fujitsu Series saw David Russell fighting back from a poor start to win, sweeping the weekend. Steve Owen was the early race leader, but a spin saw him off the road and Russell making a determined pass on Paul Morris to regain the lead, which he was never challenged for, uh, going on to take victory by over five seconds. Moffat, whose last lap pass on Morris, saw Morris then failing even to get to the finish line. Nick Perkat coming home in a solid third place. At the start, didn't get the best one, and uh, I was sort of, you know, getting a bit agitated um, behind Paul. Um, I, I sort of knew as I ranged up behind him that, um, you know, potentially could. Um, I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know whether he'd make a mistake or not. But uh, fortunately, he made a, a slight error on the last turn, and I was able to get through into turn one. But um, yeah, certainly fantastic speed out of the car, and I'm, I'm really happy and. Uh, you know, pumped about my first round win for this year. It took a while, but, um, you know, I've had a bit of, bit of an up-and-down season, but, um, yeah, fantastic for the J.K. Falcon. Tomorrow, watching the race, wishing you were trackside, then you'll be thanking David Carroll from Bathyscan.com. He has set up a site that live-streams the radio transmissions from the teams in race control around the world. Oh, I think it started uh, from many years ago when I started um, listening to track um, communications way back in 1987. And then uh, the technology had decided to um, use that advantage to uh, put the races over the net. And it's made it very popular. David is hoping to expand the Bathyscan service, asking for donations to support the site. Absolutely, yeah. We're looking at uh, possibly, with the technology, maybe increase it to so people can listen to their own car down the, down the road in the, in the uh, future years. Let's hope we can do that. This year, the drivers have not been allowed to team up with their main game teammates, which some drivers have likened to a divorce. James Courtney, Jamie Winkup and Craig Lowndes all talked about the 2010 Big D. No, no, Lance, you know, we, we had a good time up here in those years, and but we've had a good divorce settlement, I must admit. We both, both got a car each out of it, which is good. So, yeah, of course, I'd love to be driving with Craig, but um, they're the rules, and Steve's doing a phenomenal job at the same time. Yeah. But I, overall, if I take my driver cap off and put the Viet supercar cap on, I think, I think the rule's a good thing. Oh, it's just, I'm comfortable. Comfortable in the car this year, last year was... It's like driving your dad's car when you're 12 years old. The sizes are a little bit different. So, um, it's, uh, you know, it's, um, I'm comfortable, I'm confident, you know, everything's going well. So your divorce wasn't uh, amicable like Jamie and mine? Well, we both got cars, but he got a bit more out of the settlement than what I did. So. <laughs> I only got the car and nothing else. Yeah. 
And that's the news on the V8 Insiders night before the 1000. On this week's White Flag Lap, Randy Corners will join us, but next it's the roundtable preview of the great race. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You've watched the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Night before the 1000, Paul Gaver and John Bannon. Of course, News Limited, PBL Media are head-to-head here on the round table, and uh, it's great to have uh, you back here, Paul. Oh, it's always good fun. You're going to ask a question soon? Well, let's just get the fists out, shall we, Craig? All right, then Frosty Winterbottom takes pole position in the shootout. Is the shootout, Paul Gover, really worth it, or is the Collingwood victory the equivalent of the provisional pole position last night? No, I think, I think the shootout is marvellous and wonderful and terrific, and they should have it, but I reckon they should do one thing different. They should give them all one set of super soft tyres, no practice, no nothing, and then we'll see who's really got the biggest ones. All right, John, what do you think of the shootout? Well, I think in terms of the history of it, I think there's only like three teams that have ever gone on to win from outside the shootout. So in, from that point of view, the top ten shootout's very important because you're likely to get your winner uh, from that, that group of uh, cars. Now, Luke Yudlin wanted to kiss the person who came up with the idea of splitting the lead drivers. Yeah, you were until, happy to... Until he found out that it was a bloke. Martin Whittaker, the boss of, of V8 Supercars, it was him, and then he was backpedalling very fast this afternoon. But has it, from the LNH 500 coming into Bathurst now, do you think it is a success? Yeah, I think it's a success because, you know, it's split guys up. So we had two Vodafone... I mean, it's also interesting to see that only two of the, of the so-called crack teams got both their cars into the top ten. Um, and, and it shuffles thing up, you know, things up. It's a bit different. We've got some different faces. I think that's good. John, what is your thoughts? It's fantastic for the series. I think it's created a lot of interest. It enables drivers to get miles in cars where they previously perhaps wouldn't in the past or they'd be in a position where they'd be a lot further down in, in the field. So from that perspective, it can also open up doors career-wise uh, for some of these people and really give them a chance to shine. It's it's a matter of, for some people, it'll make or break them. Uh, they'll either look like a superstar or it'll end up uh, in the wall tomorrow. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who makes the most of that opportunity. So you're saying basically the Fujitsu series is crap and really all that, the only way to measure these blokes is as a co-driver, is it? That'd be putting words in my mouth, Paul. But um, I think... Uh, it's, it's fair to say that when you've got a main game car, you're able to actually show what potential you do have. The Fujitsu cars uh, sometimes aren't at... Well, they're, they're older cars, so they're not at that same level. Um, and, but in a good team in the Fujitsu series, uh, like David Russell has shown this weekend, uh, you can certainly make a name for yourself, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few team owners who are getting out their, their checkbook to have a look at him at the very least. But he's invisible in the main game, isn't he? Like, he's a, he's a long-distance co-driver here. Nobody's going to see him. I haven't seen him at a press conference all week. He's not in the top ten. 
you're right there. I mean, you probably won't see him tomorrow. He'll be uh, floating around the back somewhere, and if he gets in the, in the top 15, that'll be a good result for him. But one thing I think that I'd like to talk to you about is a few of these drivers are saying, well, I just want my co-driver to get me through lunch. Sounds like 10 years ago, Paul. Yeah, except that I, I can still remember the year when, uh, I can't remember, was it McPhee? No, no, Mc, McPhee, like he only let the guy do one lap. That was his lunch. He got out, had a wee, ate a sandwich and got back in the car. Um, I think you, some of the drivers might be talking that way, but they're the rubbish drivers. The guys who really prep well know that the guy who's in the car can do probably in the 90% of the job they can. You know, I mean, look at Steve Owen. He's mini-me. He's got the same helmet paint job as, as Wind Cup. He's the same build as Wind Cup. He's been doing everything all year with Wind Cup, I'm sure. They probably go to the toilet at the same time. They are perfectly in sync. You look at Lowndes and Scaife, great combination. I think, like we were saying before, the guys in the top ten, they've prepared, they know how to do the job, and, and their co-drivers are also prepared and they know how to do the job. No, geez, I hope they're not that much in sync if they're going to the toilet at the same time because... Uh both of them will want to get out of the car at the same time then, John. Well, I, I don't really want to think about that, to be honest, Craig. But uh, I think another interesting part is that you see, I guess, the return of form of some drivers like Greg Murphy and, and Jason Bright. Uh, that experience, it shows experienced heads uh, go a long way around here. I hope that didn't come out too dodgy, that particular sentence. But uh, anyway, uh, they've got runs on the board here and uh, they could be well and truly within a, in a, with a chance tomorrow. Everyone jumped on the Murphy bandwagon last year after he had uh, his run... Oh, no, two years ago after he had his run here at Tasman. Uh, what bandwagon was that? Well, they were all Murphy's back, Tasman's back, this is the start of big things. And yeah, but we've, all, we've heard that 37 times, you know. Like, and, and I like Greg, he's terrific. He's one of the few... He said to me today, what makes him different is he doesn't want everybody to love him. And oh, I think that's great, he actually says what he thinks. Um, will he be back tomorrow in the race? I doubt it. You know, the, the the guys who are up the front have cars that are very relaxed. Watch the body English of the cars. They're very relaxed. They're doing a nice job. Murph's car, I mean, he can he can rag one lap out of it, but, gee, I wouldn't want to be in that thing all day. The thing for me, though, he's got Alan Simonson, and uh, he's paying $170 if my bet gets up. Well, he's an experienced driver. He can do the, the job. He's got a great international and domestic record, so... Why not? He smoked me in the Aussie racing cars at, at the Grand Prix last year, you know. I know how good he is. Well, I, I wouldn't know too much about that. How'd you go, Paul? Uh, I think my best finish was 12th, which is not too bad for a bloke in his 50s and, and probably nearly as heavy as Stephen Johnson. If you want to really get uh, Gove, ask him about the rally at Canberra. Uh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do that. Um, I'm a Canberra boy my, myself, so I don't want to pay poor Paul out or, uh, or, or the wonderful uh, Canberra public for that matter. Guys, we'll take a break there and be back with more of the night before the 1000 in just a moment. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lowndes from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the night before the 1000 as we look at the 
Well, the 1,000 tomorrow, but we, I should, we talked a little bit about it with Paul Gover and John Bannon, Auto Action and News Limited. I can't remember every paper you're syndicated in, Paul, so... Just all of them, all uh, of them. Yeah, and that's the nice thing about a syndication, isn't it, John? Guys, uh, we talked about David Russell, and uh, one thing that uh, did come up, we had Steve Owen make a mistake in the Fujitsu race. Hopefully that's not his uh, only mistake of the weekend if you're not going for Jamie Winkup. But we then saw David Russell make a pass on Paul Morris, which Paul Morris said at the beginning of the year was an automatic test drive for anyone that could do it. Not necessarily at Bathurst, but at any of the Love Machine races this year. Well, I think he's obviously doing a good job, but I mean, Owen. the reason Owen had a problem in that race is because actually he's got the brake package out of the main game in the car and it doesn't stop as well as the Fujitsu cars, which are not limited in that area. So maybe that's a little bit dodgy. I thought the interesting thing out of the Fujitsu race was that was a young Moffat, Moffat Jr. Um, actually did a half-handy job. Um, he's looked a bit... I was going to say rubbish, but that's not very fair. He's, he's looked to struggle a bit in the main game, so hopefully that settles him down for tomorrow. Well, look, I think the Fujitsu series is a good idea. Um, it's just really hard to work out who's good and who's bad because the, the cars are so variable. In terms of Moff, uh, I guess he had some luck that went his way today that enabled him to move up, but um, no doubt he was in the right spot to capitalise, uh, as was someone like Chaz Mostert. I think, in some ways, he's a bit of a talking point of the weekend. Sixth and fourth on debut is a bloody good effort, and uh, particularly when you're 18 years of age and you haven't spent much time in a V8 supercar before. Uh, I mean, look at uh, Scott McLaughlin. He was unfortunate. He had speed in the car, but uh, just came a bit unstuck. Uh, I think everyone was a bit surprised at how good Russell was this weekend. He's been nowhere all year. And uh, all of a sudden he, he pops up here. They've obviously found some speed in that car. Uh, he's perhaps found the motivation of imp- having to re- impress the right people here. Uh, and Moff and, and Perkat did uh, solid jobs and capitalised on, um, as uh, Paul said, the brake issues that uh, Steve had. Uh, and also, unfortunately, for the love machine at the end there, where uh, I guess uh, Morris was looking to have a strong weekend. But really, that's... Uh, all sort of shit and giggles for him, I guess, so to speak, if you can say that. Yeah, well, we can. And uh, we need to talk about Barker and also uh, Chas Mosert because they're leading their two respective open wheel series, yeah. and Mosert really has shown he is a star. I think Mosert's a standout for me this weekend. Um, I think Russell has done a good job. In fact, Dick Johnson told me to keep an eye on him today. Getting, a, getting his mind away from his own troubles to watch somebody else for a change, um, which was good. I think Mosert, about three people have told me to keep an eye on him. I think that's a terrific effort. Um, to come to this sort of track, though, it's, it is a driver's track. Too many, I think, too many of the circuits in Australia these days are just stop and turn, stop and turn, stop and turn. And it doesn't tell you much about how well a guy, uh, how well a guy drives. And I think to come here, which is big balls joint, and there's lots of consequences if you make a mistake, I think that really shows. And, you know... Two really solid finishes from him. Now, John, firstly to you, how much do you think that the whole Dick Johnson explosion of um, controversy has affected James Courtney, who was very quick on Thursday? James Courtney's been around for a long time and he's a very professional driver. Uh, I doubt he'd be trying to think or focus too much about it, to be honest. I think he'd be focused about doing his job. Uh, that might be the, the PR line he comes out with. I'm sure in the back of his... In the back of the mind, it's it's probably a, a slight weight, but uh, I'm sure he'll start worrying more about that after this weekend. But for the moment, I think all he wants to do is uh, win his first Bathurst 1000. Your thoughts, Paul? Oh, well, I know him fairly well, and I spent a lot of time with him today, and he is distracted, there's no doubt about that. Um, but I have to say, 
when he started yawning before the shootout, that's a good sign for him because that means that he's pumping in a, a lot of air. I said, he said is he, famous for I his said, sleep. I man. said, are you falling asleep? And he went, no, no, you know me, it's qualifying, I'm getting pumped. So he did the job. I think they deliberately left their car alone because when they tried to sharpen it up as a qualifying car, it got really ugly, so they went back to their race package. And it's interesting, um, most of the guys did that. Frosty sharpened that car up for qualifying and did a good job, but, but the two guys behind him didn't do very much. Both of the Vodafone cars are fairly that's pretty much their race pace james has got race pace um so it's an it was an interesting shootout because the thing is through the week the guys who've tried to go fast at some point have fallen out of the edge of the window james courtney's car yesterday in the last yeah looked awful because they tried to tune it up to go fast and they went well this is not going to work we'll put it back where we know where it is so i think it'll be interesting in the race tomorrow because there are a lot of guys who are actually happy with their race package unhappy with their qualifying efforts Mm. and of course uh, andy jones he had his accident they got the car ready for practice john and uh, brad said to me oh what a shame because uh, not andy jones uh, jason richards you're slurring andy jones it was it was was racing racing jason yep Uh, but i uh, brad jones said to me you know oh it was a shame we would have had two cars in the top three Oh, well, they're not there at, at the end of the day and they've got a big job ahead of them tomorrow but as we saw in uh, Phillip Island that car has got some pace and they've obviously got the, the driver talent there to uh, move their way up will it be uh, sort of a, a bit of a Larry Perkins effort from the mid-90s I guess we'll uh, wait and see but uh, for, for the moment um, they, they do have the hard yards to do tomorrow they've just got to keep out of uh, all the nonsense at the back early on well, I think they're going to start out of the pit lane so that they don't get caught up too much. Interesting thing about rebuilding that car is that the Kellys lent them their aeroplane, mm-hmm. which has been on standby all weekend in case they need to go home to their race base and find something. To get another engine. Well, no, no, well, they flew they flew down to Albury. I don't think they fit an engine in a Beechcraft, but they flew down to Albury to get the new chassis rails that they made in the workshop. So nice bit of cooperation there. But, but Kim's told me the bill's over 100 grand. When no it one, always is with Kim. Yeah, you know, but I mean, like, they, they do the best they can. Um, the thing that I like about Jason Richards is you're never left, you're never left wondering. Like, you, every time the thing goes out of the pit lane, it's like a hand grenade with the pin out. We're not going to be left wondering here. Paul Gover, who's going to win the Bathurst 1000? Uh, the heart says Lowndes and Scaife. John Baden? I'd have to agree with Paul if... You can only look at, at the form guide and they've got the form on, on the board and uh, they know how to drive around here. So uh, I think it's it's theirs if they're up for it tomorrow. All right. I'm actually on, you won't believe it, Johnson and uh, Marcus Marshall. That is... Now, that is stupid. That is the most stupid thing I've heard in this whole interview. Is that because that's paying a bit of money, Craig? What's the... <laughs> you need to make your rent payment this week, do you? Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's the roundtable for this week. Paul Gover, I love having you on the show. Yeah, Thanks very much, mate. It's always a bit of fun. Not much as Luke Yildon loves the man who changed the rule, though. John Bannon. Thanks very much, Craig. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. 
Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this night before the 500 special edition of the White Flag Lap, I'm lucky. The night before the 1000, and I'm here with Randy Corners. And Randy, the comma here has been rocking. I uh, have been ducking and weaving, trying to get a hold of you as the ladies have been in and out. And, uh, well, it's great to see you here at Bathurst once again. Oh, look, it's just great to be back here, I tell you. My many fans, I've just been flat out all day signing autographs, photo shoots and a lot of corporate hospitality visits. Just been incredible. Bathurst holds such a special place for race fans. What does it mean for you? To get away from me, missus. Who's going to be the toughest competition for you this weekend? Well, clearly, if I could say myself, Randy Corners, that would just mean that I'd be beating myself. And that doesn't sound real good. So, uh, no one out there is tough, I tell you now. Don't worry about that. Just worry about me. How long has the pit lane been going soft on Randy Corners? Yeah, look, uh, for, for many a moon, over many, many moons. And, uh, and it's clear by my fans and all the rest of it that they still adore Randy. The pit lane is a buzz with what's going on at HRT. Now, earlier in the week, you and Will Davison shared a stage and put it to him that HRT is already talking to you. Yeah, that's correct. I actually made an announcement last night, and if we could just have a bit of quiet now, I announced last night that I will be driving for the Holden Racing Team. And I just clearly asked Will what he's going to be doing next year. And uh, I just got crickets. Now I'm being told that you've also got another lucrative TV deal to go with that sizeable contract that V8X has given you. Yes, look, I'm a very busy man, and, and, and it's just testament to my hard work and, um, and testicle, uh, testicles. I mean, yes, the fact that I do work very hard on all my deals, and, and they just pay off, you know. Those who work hard get the eggs. Now there's been a, a few people in the pit lane trying to take the Randy Corners market and they're trying to corner that corners market yes uh i could actually name one i think there was a, a mr speed or something like that if this was tv i could show you how hard i crushed that man he is no more crushed gone finito finished you can't take there is only one randy corners there's a there's no coffee cats keep them out of the sport man Well, Randy, a pleasure to uh, speak to you here the night before the 500 and uh, we wish you all the best for the big race tomorrow. No doubt the pleasure's all yours. That's all we have time for on this week's show. My thanks to Randy Corners and all our guests as the checker flag waves over this night before the 1000. Keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.